Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to the first Athletic FPL podcast for the 2022-23 Premier League season. It's good to be back. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. If you are a new listener, welcome. I look forward to helping you achieving your FPL goals this season. A big welcome back to the regular listeners as we board the roller coaster for another campaign of ups and downs. Today's episode will be a reaction to the player prices and I'll touch a little on the early fixtures throughout the pod as well. I'm going to do a run through of all 20 teams sharing my initial thoughts. The final section of today's episode will be my first watch list of the season made up of 50 players that have caught my eye on day one of visiting the refreshed FPL website. The podcast last season was usually released on a Tuesday, but I'm going to move it back to a Monday this year to get it out earlier and to give it more of a shelf life. When there's a Saturday deadline, I will also release a short Friday podcast after the pressers. I'm unsure yet what the plan is for Friday pods when it's a Friday deadline, as there's very little time for folk to listen. I may look to do something else on a Friday afternoon in those game weeks, I'll figure all of that out by the time Game Week 1 rolls around. So this podcast will be, I'm going to guess, 40-45 minutes. Usually, if you're a new listener, this is a short, to-the-point podcast. No waffle. You'll get a Monday podcast in about 30 minutes. And then the Friday podcast, 15 to 20 minutes. So all the information you need, nice and concise, so it's easy for you to consume Before I get into the teams and players, just a quick update on what has changed about the game. In short, not much really. The chips are the same as they were, but we will have unlimited transfers during the World Cup period, which makes a lot of sense, so I'm glad they've done that. So that means we've essentially got three wildcards this season. The first one, which must be used at some point before the World Cup. We've then got unlimited transfers during the tournament. I think it's before Game Week 17. And then we've got the second wildcard to be used at some point during the second half of the season. One big addition is they have also implemented two-factor authentication, which I advise you all to enable. Lots of teams were hacked last season, so this is a very welcome addition. To do so, go to premierleague.com, click on your name in the top right corner, make sure you're logged in, go to manage profile, then account security, And then you'll see the option to enable two-factor authentication. So protect your account by doing that. The last thing you want to do is be heading towards winning FPL in the last couple of games of the season. And your team gets hacked and everything is out the window. One last mention before I get into the player prices. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, use the link theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod 
to avail of the very special pre-season discount, which is £1 a month at the moment. I've been a subscriber myself for the last two or three seasons, and I highly recommend it for FPL managers. You get lots of insight into all 20 Premier League teams, information that you can use when it comes to a Friday night to make your FPL decision. So check that out, theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. I'm going to go through these teams just in alphabetical order. So first up, it is Arsenal. Again, this is my very early reactions to the player prices. You know, which players I'm interested in, which ones are probably a little bit overpriced that I won't have in my Game Week 1 team. And like I said, I'll finish the podcast with my top 50 picks for Game Week 1, having just visited the website for the first time. So Arsenal, first up, Ramsdale has gone up in price to 5 million. He was a very good goalkeeper last year, but he was 4.5. So I think not as many people will go there this season. I had a good time with him. Mainly in the first half of last season, he kind of tailed off towards the end and I don't see myself going back there because he was, I think it was 15 or 16 games towards the end of the season, maybe only one or two clean sheets. So I think I'll go elsewhere for my game week one goalkeeper. Elsewhere in the Arsenal defence, Tommy Asu stands out at 4.5. Doesn't get a huge amount of attack and returns, but there should be a decent amount of clean sheets there for Arsenal. And across the whole game this season, there is a lot of very attractive 4.5 million defenders. And I think Tommy Asu is right up there as one of the best. Ben White's also 4.5, but I think you've got to go for the fullback in the hope of more attacking returns. Kieran Tierney has dropped to 5 million, but the guy can't stay fit. So I think I'll stay away from him. Gabriel is 5 as well, but I don't think you go Gabriel if you can get Tommy Asu at 4.5. On to the Arsenal midfielder, Saka, as expected, a price bump to 8 million. Could still justify that price tag, so he is on the Game Week 1 watch list. I was having a look last week at the numbers for last season, and a player that popped up a few times in the stats that surprised me a little bit was Martin Odegaard. He performed very well in a lot of the underlying creative numbers, so he's one to keep an eye on as well at 6.5 million. If he could add a few more goals to his game, he might end up being better value than Saka this season. So Odegaard and Saka are the two Arsenal midfielders that interest me most. Smithrow and Martinelli are both 6 million, could share game time. I think those two are just a wait and see in the first couple of weeks. Up front, Gabriel Jesus. I think this is one of the most attractive player prices. I think he could have been 9 million, he could have even been 9.5, and we still probably would be considering him. I think this is a very good move for Jesus from Manchester City. He should get lots and lots of game time. Whether that's up front or from the wing remains to be seen, but I don't think it matters too much. And I've, I've got high hopes for Jesus having a very good season. So I was pleasantly surprised by that 8 million price tag and could well make his way into my game week one team. Inketia is at 7. Obviously not as attractive now with Jesus, but let's see how it plays out. Maybe Nketiah will be the number nine. Maybe Jesus will be on the wing. So very interesting times in the Arsenal attack. Next team is Aston Villa. Emi Martinez, five million. Pretty disappointing season last season. I think when you've got Matty Cash at the same price as Martinez, 
you're going to go cash all day long. A very attacking fullback. Very good season last season. Four goals and three assists. So I think cash is the pick of the bunch from the Aston Villa defence. Luca Dean is also 5 million, but he is probably the most frustrating FPL asset of all time. I think cash is the one to go for there. The Villa centre-backs are 4.5 million, but there's much better fullbacks and wingbacks that are 4.5 million in other teams who I'd be staying away from the likes of Tyrone Mings and Esri Consa. Villa midfield, Jacob Ramsey, very good 4.5 million option last season. He's been bumped up by 1 million to 5.5, which is not very attractive really. Coutinho, probably the most interesting Aston Villa midfielder. He comes in at 7 million. Didn't do an awful lot towards the end of last season, but maybe with a full preseason, we could see him back to his best in the early game weeks. Villa do have a decent opening two or three fixtures as well, which was the case last season also. A lot of us went for Danny Ings first three game weeks last season. He got our attack and returns in all three, and then we jumped off him. So I think we might see people doing the same with Aston Villa attackers this season. Up front, Ollie Watkins, he was another player who showed up very well when I was analysing the underlying numbers from last season. Didn't quite get the goals that he should have, but maybe we'll see more of them from him this season. So I think Watkins at 7.5 is a better option than Danny Ings at 7 million. When you look at the minutes of those two strikers last season, Watkins played roughly 1,000 minutes more than Danny Ings. We know Ings has had his injury concerns in the past and Watkins is quite clearly Gerrard's number one striker. So if you're if you're wanting to buy a Villa striker, I think you pay the extra 0.5 and you get Ollie Watkins. Bournemouth, newly promoted team, not much interest for me here. David Brooks, 5.5 million. He had a very good season in 2018-19 when he was in the Premier League with Bournemouth. That season he got seven goals, six assists. One to keep an eye on, not one to be in the season with. Probably the most interesting player at Bournemouth is Solanke up front. Six million, a little bit cheaper than Mitrovic. Mitrovic was the top goal scorer in the championship with 43 goals. Solanke was second with 29. Also got seven assists, so good returns from Solanke in the championship last season. Can he translate that into being a good FPL asset at 6 million. There's certainly potential there. I think he will be in a few game week one teams, but I usually avoid these promoted teams in game week one. So for me, it's probably just a watch list and see how he does in the opening couple of weeks. Next team up is Brentford. Brentford have got very good fixtures for the first nine or 10 game weeks of the season. So they're going to be popular assets in game week one teams. And I think across... Most positions, they've got options. I think Rhea, the goalkeeper, we're very happy to see him come in at 4.5. Could have easily been 5 million. Rhea could be the best 4.5 million goalkeeper this season. Now, the question is, do you go for a 4.5 million goalkeeper this season or do you go for the tempting premium options? Ederson and Allison have both had price drops. Mendy at Chelsea is a very good option at 5 million as well. So I think I like what they've done with the goalkeeper prices. I think it's going to give us more variety of picks in many leagues and stuff like that. So well done, FPL, on that. But David Raya, certainly, I think he's probably my number one pick if I go for a 4.5 keeper. But early days, I think there's a good chance I'll go with a premium goalkeeper this season, which is something I don't usually do. 
All the Brentford defenders are 4.5 apart from Canos, who's been reclassified, but he is suspended for the first game week of the season. Another Brentford player who's been reclassified is Wissa. He was a forward. He's now a 5.5 million midfielder. He could be interesting if he nails down a starting spot in the early weeks of the season. Doesn't look like Christian Eriksen's going to be at Brentford anymore, which is a big blow for their attacking prospects. Ivan Tony, good option, 7 million. In a lot of game week one teams last season. He's going to be in a lot of teams again this season. Again, good chance he'll be in mine. He was disappointing for a few weeks of last season, but overall had a very good season. I think he was 6.5. He's now gone up to 7. I still think that's a pretty fair price. Would it be nice if he stayed at 6.5? But I think at 7, he's a viable pick. Mbumo also reclassified, now a forward at 6 million. I think anyone who owned Mbumo last season is certainly not in a rush to go back there this season. Tony is your man if you want a Brentford attacker. So Rhea and Tony, the ideal picks there, I think. Next team is Brighton. They've also got a decent 4.5 million goalkeeper option in Robert Sanchez. But I think the best Brighton defensive pick at 4.5 million is by far and away Lewis Dunk. This was one of the biggest surprises to me in the prices. Thought he'd be nailed on to be a 5 million defender, but we've got him as an option at 4.5, which is great. So I don't think you go for Sanchez when you can get Lewis Dunk and the attacking potential for the same price. Just one goal last season, but if you go back a little bit further, he scored five goals the previous season. And if you go back one more season, three goals and three assists. So Lewis Dunk is one of the best centre-backs in the league when it comes to attack and threat. So very much in my thoughts for game week one as well. Lamptey is also 4.5, but it's been two or three seasons now where he hasn't been able to put an extended run of starts together without injury. So I think you just go for Dunk for the security of starts. Kukurea is 5 million. Will he still be at Brighton is the big question. There's been some talk of Kukurea going to Manchester City, which would make him a very interesting option. Because I think if he did go to Manchester City, he would play a lot of games. Because I think you would see probably Cancelo go to right back, which would be bad news for Walker. And then Kukurea would slot quite naturally, I think, into that team on the left side of defence. So if that happens, I think we could see Kukurea in a lot of FPL teams. When it comes to Brighton midfielders and attackers, my thoughts are always the same here. I've got very little interest. Trossard is 6.5 as he was last season. No thank you. I think there's better options. Mopai and Welbeck forwards at 6.5. Very hard to get excited about those two. They do have a new sign-in, Dennis Undav, who comes with a very good goal-scoring record. And he's 1 million cheaper than Mopai and Welbeck. So Undav could emerge as the best Brighton attacking asset next season. But again, I don't think I'd be starting with him in game week one unless he absolutely tears it up in pre-season. But I mean, I, I don't tend to put too much weight on pre-season games anyway. We can't be guaranteed that he's going to start game week one. So I think you just wait and see, add him to the watch list and see how things go. Brighton are another team like Brentford who've got good fixtures to begin with. So their assets are worth looking at. Moving on now to the Chelsea assets, the first of last season's top four teams. Mendy, 5 million. This came as a surprise 
But then when you see Allison and Ederson dropping down to 5.5, it makes sense that Mendy is 5 million. So very good option. I think we'll see quite a few people go for Mendy at 5 million. The case with that is, and it's the same with Ederson and Allison, it takes up a valuable spot for a Chelsea defender or a Chelsea attacker. James and Chilwell, both at 6 million. I think they're underpriced. Could have easily both been 6.5 million. When those guys play... In those wing-back positions, they are unbelievable FPL assets. Now, the concern here is we could see Tuchel switch to a back four. Lots of talk about that. I was reading a couple of articles in The Athletic about that over the last couple of days. Also, Rudiger's gone, who was their best centre-back last season. Uh, Thiago Silva had a good season, to be fair. But Rudiger's a huge loss. Some talk that Azpilicueta could move on as well. So we could see James and Chilwell in more of a fullback positions rather than wingbacks. But even at that, they're going to get forward and we know how good they are. So James and Chilwell, I think you probably own at least one of them in game week one. And I think the double up is attractive as well. Or maybe even you go a double up with one of the fullbacks and you go with Mendy in goal. So certainly Chelsea defensively are on my mind. Also, Mason Mount, amazing season last year. Got his price bumped to $8 million. There's quite a lot of players around 8 million. I mentioned Saka earlier. So there's big decisions to be made around that price point for our initial squads. Interesting price for Pulisic. Very cheap at 6 million. If he can get back in the team and play regularly, we know what Pulisic can do when he's fit and when he's firing. He's a fantastic player. I thought that was quite cheap. And again, potential to make a mockery of the price tag if he can get himself back in the team. Havertz is now a forwards at 8 million. Lukaku is gone. So maybe this will be Havertz, his time to have a big FPL season. Havertz is in my thoughts also for game week one. Timo Werner is the same price, also a forward at 8 million. But I think Havertz is the play there. On to Crystal Palace. Palace have pretty terrible fixtures to begin with. So probably will end up swerving them. The goalkeeper situation is unclear. They've got Guetta. They've got Butland, who played a few games towards the end of last season. And now they've signed Sam Johnston as well, who is a very good goalkeeper. So looks like it might be Johnston to start the season, but who knows? We need to wait and see there. So I think you just stay away. Don't buy a Crystal Palace goalkeeper. All the goalkeepers and their defenders are 4.5 million. The issue is... They don't offer much attack and threat. The underlying numbers from last season were very good defensively for Palace. But the likes of Mitchell, Joel Ward, Gwei, Anderson, you're not really going to back them to get a huge amount of attack and return. So again, I think you probably look elsewhere for your cheap defenders and goalkeepers. Wilfred Zaha comes in at 7 million, as he always does. I really like Zaha as an option. Had his best ever FPL campaign last year. Seems to really thrive playing under Patrick Vieira on penalties. I think he's the best option from Crystal Palace. The ones to keep an eye on, Olise and Eze, are both 5.5. I think Olise is the most interesting. This could be his breakthrough season. And at 5.5, again, when he was on the pitch last season, his numbers were good. So if he gets more game time, I think we'll see a decent amount of attack and returns from him. But certainly Zaha is your number one pick. And Olise is just one for the watch list. I, I had a had a chuckle when I was looking through the Crystal Palace 
prices. As regular listeners will know, I keep track of the 59th minute substitutions. And last season, Luka Milivojevic became the first ever player to get three 59th minute substitutions. And and he will be forever remembered on this podcast. And FPL have punished him for that. And they've given him a 4.5 million price tag. So I was very, very happy to see that. So that's what happens if you get the hat trick you get slapped with a 4.5 million price tag. Up front, all three strikers, Edward, Mateta and Benteke, are 5.5 million. One or two of them will probably be decent options at some point in the season, but it's impossible to tell who's going to be good from the start of the season. So I think you just swerve those Crystal Palace attackers as well for fear of rotation and reduced minutes. Everton just about survived in the Premier League last season, which is not going to have any of us rushing for their players this season. Pickford's had a price drop to 4.5, but I don't have much faith in them defensively. All of their defenders are 4.5, which tells you all you need to know, really. FPL Towers also don't have much faith in Everton defenders this season. Gordon was a great 4.5 million midfielder last year, but he's now 5.5. I still think that could be good value. He's a really good player. He's the best, probably the best midfielder in that team and he can get plenty of attack and return. So Gordon, one to keep an eye on. I think if I was forced to buy an Everton player in game week one, Gordon probably would be the one who would make the cut. They've obviously lost Richarlison, which is a huge blow. Calvert-Lewin, I think, is overpriced at 8 million. I think there's better options. I would much prefer go even for a even a promoted striker at 6 million or 6.5. To me that's better that's money better spent than Calvert Lewin at 8 million. Certainly to begin with, you know, he didn't play much last season. When he did, didn't score many. So we need to just kind of see him back to his best before we can confidently spend 8 million of our budget on him. So Calvert Lewin is a no for me. Next of the promoted teams is Fulham. The issue with Fulham to begin with, in their first eight fixtures, they play Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham and Chelsea. So that will put people off. Mitrovic is the obvious one here. 6.5 million. Good price. 43 goals, 7 assists in the Championship. He hasn't really caught it in the Premier League. But at 6.5 million, you don't need much from him. If he can get you 13 or 14 goals in the Premier League across 38 games, he's going to be good value. And I, and I think, I, I, I am confident that Mitrovic will have his best ever FPL season this year. And he is in my thoughts. But because of the fixtures, he probably won't go in from game week one. It might be a case of those first eight game weeks are tricky. A lot of people will probably wildcard between eight and nine which is the international break, that could be the time where we invest in Mitrovic. Just one other player to mention from Fulham, Harry Wilson. He's a 6 million midfielder, had a very good campaign also last year, 10 goals and 19 assists. Really good numbers from Harry Wilson, so he's another one to keep an eye on there. Moving on to Leeds, Jesse March will get his first full pre-season with the team. Interesting to see how they start. They've Sign quite a lot, of, a lot of new players. They're probably going to lose Rafinha. So again, hard to justify investing in Leeds to begin with. Melier's dropped to 4.5, but I don't really rate him that highly as a goalkeeper. I think there's better options. Rafinha is 7 million. If he ends up in the Premier League at another team, Chelsea for example, 
Uh, Arsenal have been linked as well. Seven million, very, very cheap for Rafinha. Rodrigo is now a midfielder. He's six million. If Rafinha goes, maybe Rodrigo steps up and becomes the talisman. He's certainly capable and could have penalties as well. So he's one to keep an eye on. Bamford's only played 557 minutes last year. He is 7.5 million this season. Again, like Calvert-Lewin, I think I'll be giving Bamford a couple of weeks to just assess him where he's at. Is he back to his best before considering him for my fantasy team? Leicester City are one of the teams I am most interested in this season. I think we're going to see them bounce back. They had a disappointing Premier League campaign. They had lots of European distractions. No such distractions this season. Brendan Rodgers has said in the past, when you've got one game a week, it's like a holiday. And he said he's hoping that it'll be a good holiday for Leicester next season. All of their defenders are 4.5. Again, this came as a huge surprise to me. You've got really attacking fullbacks, James Justin, Ricardo Pereira and Castagna. And even the centre-backs, the likes of Evans and Fafana, I think we could see a lot more clean sheets from Leicester this season. Schmeichel's five, so I don't think you go there when you can get a 4.5 million defender instead. So I think there's going to be a lot of value in that Leicester defence. It just might need to just wait and see. I think James Justin's the most interesting one, but we've got to just make sure he's going to play week in, week out when he's got... There's quite a lot of competition there in those fullback positions, but certainly James Justin has been added to the watch list. Really good FPL asset. I think it was two seasons ago. Might have even been three, you know, popping up in the six-yard box. Uh, just really, really good value. Into midfield for Leicester. James Madison gets a price bump to £8 million. Finished the season very, very strongly. And again, he's another one of those players like Saka around that £8 million price tag that we need to decide on. You've got the likes of Jared Bowen, uh, Luis Diaz. Loads of options around £8 million, £8.5 million. Harvey Barnes, quiet enough season last season, but his, his attacking returns are actually pretty decent in the end. Barnes is one million less than Madison, so maybe that will be the play. If Barnes can get back to his best, maybe playing one game a week will suit him. We know how explosive he can be, and there's still a lot of potential for him to grow as a player. So Barnes and Madison are on the 50-man watch list. Up front, Mr. Jamie Vardy, price drop to 9.5. He is like Benjamin Button. He is He just gets better every season. Doesn't matter what age he is. He keeps doing it. His numbers are always good. He's on penalties. He starts the season well, very, very often. And I'm very interested. I know it's going to be hard to fit him in, but I would love to have Vardy for game week one. I think I had him last season in game week one, uh, or maybe it was two seasons ago. It went for him instead of Timo Werner, and he was fantastic. Himself and Madison, I've got fond memories. They did very well for me in my free hit towards the end of last season. I love Jamie Vardy. And I would love to own him. Just need to see if I can make that work. If you're going for the likes of Salah, Haaland, expensive defenders, might be hard to fit Vardy in. But he's so reliable. Uh, and, and I do like the idea of having him in game week one. So I'll see if I can make that work. Next up, Liverpool. Lots and lots of options here. Alisson, who I mentioned, very tempting at 5.5. But do you give up that Liverpool spot to the goalkeeper? Trent is 7.5, probably the most underpriced player in the game. Should have been 8.5. He's going to be in every team in game week one. I don't think you overthink it, you just get him. 
and you build your team around them. Robertson is at seven. Again, same price as last season. Very good option. But do you go Robertson or Diaz or one of the other attackers? I was surprised to see Konate come in at five million. Matip's gone up to six million. And it was the same last season. Matip started at five, played most of the season and ended up being one of the best value players in the game. They should have probably made Konati 5.5, just in case he is the number one this season. Let's say Matip gets an injury, Konati could play 30 plus games. And if he is, if he does, he will be amazing value at 5 million. So that's one to keep an eye on. If Konati starts in game week one and gets a run of starts, a lot of people, I think, will wildcard him in then. So that's an interesting price point. Salah is 13. Again, I think you just pick him. You captain him game week one and you don't overthink it. Trent and Salah will be the first two names in most FPL teams. Luis Diaz, 5 million cheaper than Salah. I don't think it's a case of, do I go Diaz instead of Salah and spread the cash? I think you get Salah and Diaz if you want to play aggressively with your Liverpool picks. Diaz, 8 million, could be, again, one of the most underpriced players in the game. If you think about Sadio Mane, Mane was, what, about 12 million? Diaz is going to play his position. Why is he 4 million cheaper than Mane was? So, yeah, I think they might have got that one wrong. Up front, Jota is now a 9 million forward, which is not the most attractive when Diaz is a million less and he's a midfielder. Also, Jota's got competition with the likes of Darwin Nunes, who's 9 million, and Firmino is 8. Obviously, Diaz has competition with these guys as well. But certainly, on paper, before any preseason, before game week one, I think Salah, Trent, and Diaz, to me, is the ideal Liverpool triple-up. I do love Andy Robertson, though, and I'm going to find it very hard not to go with the Trent-Robertson double-up, which served me very well in the second half of last season. Next up, it is the champions, Manchester City. They've also got a 5.5 million goalkeeper. I think Ederson interests me a little bit more than Alisson, just because the Liverpool outfield players are a lot more secure. There's not as much rotation concerns as there is with the Manchester City attackers. So I don't mind giving up a Manchester City defensive spot to Ederson. When I think back to last season, I had just Cancelo for large parts of the season. Didn't own De Bruyne, didn't own Foden, didn't have double City defence too often. So Ederson might fix that problem for me this year. One of my goals this season is to own more Man City players more often compared to the last campaign. So maybe Ederson is an easy solution to that. You plug him in alongside Cancelo and then you decide which attacker you go for as well. Cancelo is 7. Pretty sure he'll be in my game week 1 team alongside Trent. Again, probably should have been 7.5 or 8 to give us a decision to make. Laporte and Diaz, both centre-backs, are 6 million. They should provide good value as well. Walker is cheap at 5, but... I think his days could be numbered as the Manchester City right-back. Like I said, could be Cancelo right-back and maybe a new signing at left-back. Into the midfield, Kevin De Bruyne, expensive at 12 last season. Second half last season, he was very productive. We all remember that Wolves game where he scored four and he single-handedly destroyed ranks and mini-leagues. But... I think 12 is expensive, overperformed his underlying numbers last season, doesn't take penalties. We know he's one of the best players in the world, but in this FPL game, 
I would have been, I would have liked to have seen him at 11 or 11.5. I don't think he'll be in too many teams. I mean, he's 0.5 more than Haaland. He should have been equal in price to Haaland, I think, if not cheaper. So let's see what happens there. I'm not going to rule him out for game week one, but I think it's unlikely. Foden and Mares both at 8 million. I think Grealish is the most interesting. Only 7 million for Grealish. He was in my game week one team last season. Didn't work out very well. But we often see it with Pep Guardiola teams. It's it's the second season where you see the players really flourish. I think that happened with Mares, for example. This could be Grealish's season. If Sterling leaves, that frees up. Uh, you know, it means a little, little bit less rotation in the attack for Manchester City. Although Haaland is there now, so you could argue they're, they're still going to be. There's going to be question marks every weekend. You know, who is going to be in Pep starting eleven? How much will the five subs impact that? I think Pep did make the least number of subs of all managers last season. So will that continue or will he make more now because he's got the five? Grealish, certainly one I'm very interested in. I'm going to watch that closely in pre-season in terms of how many minutes he's getting and how he's performing. Foden Amaris, again, likewise, could be very good options, but it's it's having that faith in them to start often and get plenty of minutes. So I think Cancelo... Is my number one pick. Haaland, number two. Haaland's 11.5. I think he's going to be in a lot of teams alongside Salah. I think it's just easy. I think I think those two are easy picks. Doesn't mean Haaland is essential. He is a new player to the league. Will he start the first four, five, six games? Maybe not. Maybe Pep will ease him in. If you're not going to captain him often, if you're going to be captaining Salah a lot, do you need Haaland? Arguably not. Maybe you could spread your funds. But I do think Haaland and Salah... I don't think you overthink it. You get them for game week one and then you reassess it after four or five game weeks. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I'm 
We're moving across Manchester now to United. My notes here say it's a wait and see on their defensive picks. That includes the goalkeeper. There is interest in options in midfield though. Bruno Fernandes at 10 million. This was a 12 million pound player just last season, season before. We know what he can do. If Ronaldo leaves, which it looks like it is going to happen, he's not turning up for training. Bruno Fernandes becomes a very attractive option again because he'll get the penalties back and I think he could have a very good season under the new manager. So Bruno at 10, we could be looking back at the end of the season and thinking, wow, Bruno was only 10 million, what value he provided. So hopefully we do see him back to his best because we know how good and how enjoyable he is to own as an FPL asset when he is firing. Big question here is where does Ericsson fit in and what price will he be if that move gets confirmed? Marcus Rashford, 6.5 million. This is a ridiculous price. He is now a midfielder. He is 3 million less than he was last season. There's a new manager. If Ronaldo leaves, there's plenty of opportunity there for Rashford to get lots of starts. I'm going to be very tempted to just plug him in right away in game week one, take the gamble. And if it pays off, he could be there in your team for 38 game weeks. Again, one of the players who could be the most underpriced player of the season. Sancho also only 7.5. If he hits the ground running under Ten Hag, could be a very good option as well. So the Manchester United picks, and I include the defenders here, will be good value at some point. Um, now the question is, do you take a punt in game week one on someone like Rashford? I think it's viable. I don't think you want to have more than one Manchester United player to begin with. But certainly I am open to a gamble on one of them. And, and Rashford's probably winning the race at the moment. Obviously you need to see what happens with new signings and pre-season and all that kind of stuff. Newcastle are next. Their new goalkeeper Nick Pope is an FPL legend. Hoping he would be 4.5 but that was never going to happen. He's coming at 5 million but even at 5 I'm very tempted. I think there's not too much between Pope and Mendy as 5 million goalkeepers, he could he could smash it again at Newcastle. They've improved their defensive as well by signing Botman. So there should be more clean sheets this season than there was last season at St. James's Park. Issue with Pope, and I'm, this is kind of a common theme as I was preparing for this podcast, would you go for the goalkeeper at 5 million when you can get Trippier at 5 million? This is the same with Cash at Villa. Uh, someone else I mentioned earlier as well. It's quite hard to go for the goalkeeper when you can get a very attacking fullback at the same price. Trippier at five, I think, is an amazing price. I think he's going to be in a lot of teams. So I think I would be leaning towards Trippier over Pope. And for a lot of those things I've just mentioned about you know exciting fullbacks being better options than goalkeepers at the same price, that's why I'm leaning towards either probably Raya at 4.5 as my goalkeeper or someone like Ederson or Allison. Fabian Scher finished last season quite well, but will he keep his place now that Botman is there? Botman's also 4.5. So I think if you're going for a Newcastle defender, you just pay 0.5 extra and you get Trippier, much more exciting. Got those free kicks and set pieces. Alan Saint-Maximin is now a midfielder. He was a midfielder, then he was a forward. Now he's gone back to a midfielder at 6.5. He could be interesting. Bruno Gamares, who scored five goals in roughly 1,000 minutes last season, is six million. Again, can he repeat that? I'm not convinced. I think I would pay the 0.5 extra and go for Saint Maximin over Bruno Gamares. 
Callum Wilson is the attacker from Newcastle that I'm most interested in. 7.5. I mean, he's not the cheapest, but I think 7.5 is a pretty fair price. He's got FPL pedigree and he's got plenty of quality players supplying him with chances at Newcastle. They're probably going to sign a few other good options as well there, which will help Wilson in terms of creating chances for him. So Callum Wilson, good chance... I'm going to say there's a good chance he's in my game with one team, but I'm looking at the fixtures here. First two games are good, Nottingham Forest and Brighton, but Newcastle do face Liverpool and Manchester City in the first five game weeks, so maybe we let them get those fixtures out of the way. And from game week six onwards, if Callum Wilson has started the season well, that is when we go for him. Maybe again, he's a player for the first wild card whenever you play it. Nottingham Forest, another newly promoted team. Not too much to talk about here. The only one that stood out was Brennan Johnson. He's a six million forward, very, very talented player. 18 goals and 10 assists in the championship. So he's one for your watch list. I don't think I will own any Nottingham Forest players to begin with. Southampton, also very little interest for me here. I don't trust them defensively. Won't be going for any of their defenders or goalkeeper. The big one is James Ward-Price. He's 6.5 million, same price he was last season. His last two campaigns, 159 points, 156 points. You get him in game week one and you leave him there for 38 game weeks and he will provide good value. The problem is he's not the sexiest FPL pick and people find it very hard to go there and leave him there because it's pretty boring. Um, he did very well for me at certain points last season but again I just can't bring myself to do it to bring him in and leave him there and never change that position but if you fancy it as a set and forget option I think he is a really good pick best free kick taker in the league in the world arguably at the moment given the way he's taken them penalties as well he'll just tick over very very nicely and will provide good value Southampton don't have good fixtures to begin with. That is the only issue. But like I say, if it's word price, you get them for the season. You don't just get them for the first five or six game weeks. On to Tottenham Hotspur now. Lloris, disappointing that he's 5.5 million. You're not going to go for Lloris at 5.5 when you can get Ederson or Allison. I think he should have been five. Doherty is 5 million, but it looks like they're going to sign Jed Spence, who can play that position as well. Perisic is going to be in a lot of teams at 5.5, could well be in mine. The issue with the wingbacks is they've got so many options. Perisic looks amazing on paper. Regulon's an option, he's only 4.5. Sessegnon, I think, is only 4.5 as well. There's going to be rotation. So do you get Perisic and take the rotation on the chin? You know, there could even be pre-60 minute substitutions with the Tottenham wingbacks, which could be very frustrating. So that's one we all really need to kind of mull over for the next couple of game weeks before game week one. Tottenham midfielders, Kulisevsky, amazing last season. Price bumped to 8 million, which I still think could be okay if he continues to play in the same position and he gets regular starts. Youngman's son, 12 million, like Kevin De Bruyne, expensive. Yes, he was the joint top goal scorer in the league last season, but he doesn't take penalties. Can he repeat it next season? Hopefully he can. But again, I think 12 million makes it tricky to fit him in. For me, I've got Salah and Haaland ahead of Son in my very early pecking order. Son is still a midfielder, of course. 
Kane, 11.5. I mean, I think it's probably a fair price. Again, I probably would have liked to have seen Son and Kane slightly less, maybe 0.5 million less each to make them a little bit more attractive. I don't. Th- I think Haaland's going to be much higher owned than Harry Kane at the same price. If you're going to choose between Son and Kane in game week one, I think you spend the 0.5 extra and you get Hyungman Son. But I think there's a good chance I'll have neither. Perisic probably has the best chance of being in my team from the Tottenham options. They've got Richarlison now as well. He's 8.5, but he is suspended for game week one, so we don't need to think about him. On to West Ham. Ariola has signed, so it's going to be very interesting. Ariola is 4.5 million and Fabianski is 5. This could be the season where Ariola takes over from Fabianski. If he's signing, surely he has been informed that he will be the long-term number one. It's going to happen at some point. If it happens this season, even if it's not from game week one, Ariola at 4.5 will be a very attractive option. So that's one to monitor. Cresswell, price dropped to 5. Really like him as well. There's so many defenders I like. Cresswell, we know what he can do from set pieces. He's got big seasons in him. Even Kurt Zuma, 4.5. Again, another attractive 4.5 million option. Looking at Zuma's history, he does have a 5-goal season to his name. Like Lewis Dunk, a big threat from set pieces. And should be a decent amount of clean sheets at West Ham. Jared Bowen, probably the player of the season last season. He is now 8.5. On paper, you might think a little bit expensive, but I think Bowen Bowen's just going to keep getting better and better. Wouldn't even surprise me if, if a big team comes in for him before the end of the transfer window. I think he's that good. He did get 17 assists, which I don't think is sustainable, but he's always got them goals and he could even increase on his goal tally from last season. I think if you're going for a West Ham attacker, you get Jared Bowen and you just hope he continues from where he left off. Ben Rama was popular game week one last season. He's the same price this season at 6 million. I think he got something like 8 goals, 6 assists in the end. So could be someone we go back to if you don't want to pay 8.5 for Bowen. Maybe you pay 2.5 less for Ben Rama and hope that he can do something similar. Antonio, it gives me a shiver even to say his name. 7.5 million. Did end the season with 10 goals and 10 assists. But it's quite hard to go there given how he was second half of the season. So I think Bowen, if you want a West Ham attacker. I think Cresswell, if you want a West Ham defender. Final team is Wolves. My first note here says, I have no idea why Connor Cody is 5 million. When you go back on all those amazing 4.5 million options I mentioned, why is Cody 5 million? I think that's a mistake. He should have been 4.5. It nearly is 4.5. He's the most interesting Wolves defensive asset. But I, I, I can't see myself going with any Wolves players. You know, they tailed off big time towards the end of last season. Their underlying statistics were good in the early part of the season, but by the end they were all you know well towards the bottom in, te- in terms of defence and attack. Pedro Neto is getting a lot of love on social media. I'm not feeling it. He hasn't made it into my 50-man watch list. 5.5 for Neto. It is a good price, but there could be a lot of rotation in the Wolves' attack. And the main reason for me here is it is Wolves. I think they only scored, was it 38 goals in 38 games? I need to go and and double-check that. But they certainly struggled for goals last season. uh, And that's why I'm not really interested in Neto. I'll, I'll watch him if he starts the season well. If Wolves look better as an attacking outfit, then yes, could be great value. 
But yeah, I think he's been overhyped a little bit on social media. Huang is now a midfielder at 6 million and Jimenez is 7 million. So again, not much interest at Wolves for me. So here is my 50-man game week one very early watch list. Five goalkeepers, Allison, Ederson, Mendy, Pope and Rea. Defenders, Trent, Robertson, Cancelo, Laporte, Chilwell and James, Perisic, Cash, Trippier, Cresswell, Dunk, Tomiyasu and Justin. Midfielders at Liverpool, Salah and Diaz. At Tottenham, Son and Kulisevsky. Basically all the Manchester City midfielders, De Bruyne, Mares, Foden and Grealish. At Manchester United, Bruno, Sancho and Rashfords. Jared Bowen, Saka, Odegaard, Mason Mount, Madison and Barnes at Leicester. Coutinho, Zaha, Rafinha, St. Maximin and Ward Price and up front not a huge amount of options here Haaland, Kane, Vardy, Jota, Jesus, Havertz, Watkins, Wilson, Tony and Mitrovic. So there you have it. There is my very early thoughts on FPL for 2022-2023. I hope you found this useful. I hope it's got your juices flowing. Happy tinkering. And I will be back with another podcast very soon. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the future episodes. And please leave a review, in particular if this was your first time listening. Leave a review on iTunes or on whatever platform you are listening. It helps me to get the podcast out there to a bigger audience. The Athletic.